Thank you for joining us on our weekly podcast here at Grace Point. Today, we will hear an inspirational word from our associate pastor, A.J. Troller. There's 2 Kings 13, 14. Everybody has it. says, Amen. Come on. I know more than seven people brought your Bibles. I'm not going to let you get quiet tonight. I, I'm just not going to do it. I said, everybody that has it, say, Amen. It says, When Elisha was in his last illness, King Jehoash of Israel visited him and wept over him. My father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel. Can we just pray? Can you just stretch your hand forward this way and just pray with me one more time? Father, we just love you. God, we come to you. We're thankful for your presence that we feel already. We're, we're humbled by the fact that you decided to join us this morning, God, and, and allow your spirit to be in this place. We just ask that, that that continues, God, and that your word goes forward, anointed, God, and impactful. Touch our hearts and minds, God, so that we can understand and receive what you have for us this morning. God, we give you all honor, all thanks, all praise in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, every voice in this place says amen high five somebody high five two people before you sit down come on i'm watching i'll see if you don't come on i have good news for everybody every single christian goes through it Every single Christian fights battles, has struggles, has things that they have to overcome, has difficulties in their life. If you're, if you're going through something, if you've been through something, if you're in the middle of something right now, understand that not only are you not alone in this present time, but every single person that is gathered around you right at this moment has gone through something or is going through something as well. So you're not by yourself. A lot of times in, in our Christian walk, we have this this uh this this mindset that we're the only person that struggles we're the only person that can't break this addiction we're the only person that's having marital problems we're the only person that's having problems with our kids we're the only person that's having financial problems but if you was to hear the stories of countless people all across the nation all across the world they would say no i've actually gone through that as well I told the church uh, a few Wednesdays ago when I preached, uh, and some of you aren't here so i'll say it again it's a good thing when you're going through something our God is omnipresent. That means he is everywhere, all the time, anytime, every time. The enemy is not omnipresent. That means he's not everywhere, all the time, anytime. And you say, AJ, why is that important? Because God is already there. God's been there. He's going to be there. He's there in the, in, right now. He's going to be there forever. So you don't have to worry about that. But if the enemy is fighting you, if the enemy is coming against you, if the enemy is trying to battle you, he is directly on assignment. And you say, why is that important? And it's easy to think, well, they're just picking on me, but they are picking on you for one reason, because the enemy said, you have to go attack that person. You have to go attack this person. You have to go mess with this person. You have to really tie this person down, because if they ever get loose, if they ever get free, if they ever get into the place that God wants them to be, their potential is unlimited. So can I encourage you today as we begin, as we start, as we hear the word, if, you, if you're going through something, be thankful because you're being attacked because of your potential. Come on, some. I wish you. 
I said everybody goes through something, and if the enemy's attacking you, it's not because of what you're doing. It's because of what you're about to do. God is about to release something. God is about to unlock something. God is about to move in your life. God is about to show you favor, and the enemy knows if he don't stop you now, he's never going to be able to stop you, so keep pressing forward. Come on, everybody say amen. Let's practice. There we go. In 2 Kings, we, we, we see this. We see Israel. They're, they're, they're in a battle. They're, they're in a, a place in, in history, a place in time where they're fixing to fight a huge battle. And uh, the king comes to Elisha. And he says, my father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel. I see that we're about to go to war. Can I tell you this morning, I believe that, that we, we're not only about to go into war. We are in war. As a church, as individuals, as a church plant, as new things happening, as ministries are growing, we are in the middle of something, and it's not something we can see. It's not something that we, we, we can fight physically, but it is spiritual war. And, and the enemy knows that, that he has to stop us. He knows that he has to do everything he can to keep us from where we're going because if we get to where we're going, the Tri-Cities will be forever changed. Washington State will be forever changed. The United States will be forever changed. So he has to stop us right now. He has to stop you right now. You have no idea. See, here, here's, an, here's another concept for you. God is ever knowing. God knows the past. He knows the present. He knows the future. God sees your potential. He has laid out your potential. Here, let me blow your mind real quick. The enemy, he doesn't know your future, but all he can see is your potential. Mm. I said he doesn't know your future. He doesn't know exactly what's going to happen. But he, when he sees you, he sees that something is about to happen. Your, your, your marriage is fixing to, to, to come back together and all of a sudden speak life into other marriages. The kids that you've been praying for and that you've been hoping will come back to church, they're going to come back to church and preach the gospel. The finances that you've been struggling through and you've been saying, I don't know how we're going to make it. Once you get out of it, you'll be able to teach things like financial peace and, and, and how to budget. And he sees your potential. And we're standing here looking at the enemy. We're standing here looking at the battle. And we have a choice. We can either fight or we can run. I said we can fight or we can run. I have any fighters in here this morning. Do I, have, I, mean, I, mean, I mean like real fighters that say it don't matter. I can get punched in the mouth. I can get punched in the head. I can get kicked. I can get taken down. But I will fight no matter what. Is there anybody? Come on. I ain't talking about no Floyd Mayweather fighting. I'm talking about Conor McGregor fighting. I'm going to leave that one alone. But come see me in that fight. So if you don't know who that is, you can come ask and I'll tell you and, and it'll change your life. Will we fight or will we run? Will we, will, 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 when we see battle, will we hide? Or will we stand up and say we, we won't be conquered? Will we back down or will we move forward? Come on, we have a choice this morning. Uh, 2 Kings 13, verse 15. So, so the king goes to him and he says, Hey, I, I see that we're moving into a war. And, and Elisha's sitting there. And Elisha tells him, he says, Go and get a bow 
and some arrows. And the king did as he was told. We, we got to stop right there because this is, this is very important. Too many people are trying to fight a spiritual warfare without any spiritual weapons. Who that'll preach? Come on, somebody. I wish, I'm telling you, you're going to lose me this morning. I'm going to be done in about 20 minutes and I'm going to have to go. I said, too many people are trying to fight a spiritual battle without spiritual weapons. <laughs> Pastor touched on it a little bit ago, but, but we have problems. And instead of using the weapons God uh, has given us, we use horoscopes, we use Ms. Cleo. We use days of our lives. We, we use the will of fortune. We use jeopardy. We say, God, I'm going to point to a word in the newspaper. Let it speak to me. We use everything that we can. But you cannot even go to battle unless you have weapons or you're going to look dumb. Could you imagine our military running out, fighting people, and just yelling at them? Do we have any, do we have any veterans in the place today? One, thank you for your service. Two, how many times did you run on the battlefield without a weapon? The answer is zero, I hope. You cannot fight without a weapon. And, and a lot of times I hear people say, God, if you'll just help me out of this, God, if you'll just help me through this, God, help me win. God, give me something. Give me an answer. Give, 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 me, give, give me a sign. And God says, my goodness, I gave you a, a way to communicate with me. I gave you a way to consecrate yourself. I gave you a right way to directly read my words whenever you wanted. What else do you want? A lot of times we'd rather call the pastor for answers than look to God for answers. We'd rather call J.G. Uh, Wentworth, 877 Cash Now, than pray about what we're going through. What God is saying, if we want to win the war, we better grab a weapon. If we want to compete, we better grab a weapon. It's not enough to hear it on Sundays only. It's not enough to, to just sing. It's not enough to, to, to trust the pastor is going to give us enough on Sunday mornings that will last us the rest of the life. David said, hide the word in your heart. He, he, the, your, your word is a lamp unto my feet. It guides me. It directs me. It leads me. Your word is life to me. It, it, it shows me where to go, and it, and it guides me to the place where you're calling me. It shows me how to win. We have to have weapons before we can fight. If you're in a battle, if you're going through something, if you see something, let me give you three pieces of advice. Read, fast, pray. That's as good as it gets. You can hear the greatest sermon of your life. You can talk to the smartest people in your life. You can look for theologians and doctors and, and people that understand hermeneutics and homiletics, and it won't matter if you're not reading, praying, and fasting. Those are our weapons to fight. And, and my question is, how can we complain that we're losing if we're not even using the weapons? That'll preach. I'm going to move on. You guys are getting quiet. I like, to get, I like to have a little bit more fun than that. So, all right, we're just going to move on. Verse 16, so that was 15. Verse 16, he says, get a bow and some arrows. And then Elisha told him, put your hand on the bow. Put your hand on the bow. 
And then Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands. Because it's not enough to just have a Bible. It's not enough to just say my grandma went to church. It's not enough to just say I listen to worship every day. Isn't that good enough? God wants you to put into practice to use what he's given you. If you have talent, listen, I'm going to. I'm going to make somebody mad, but that's okay. This is for the church's benefit, so just hang out with me. But this is for your benefit as well. If you have talents, abilities, time, anything like that, and you are not giving them back to the king and the kingdom, then God, it's hard for God to bless anything that you do. Let me, let me say this even better, and I, I might get fired after today, right? But that's okay. At least I'm here today. If you've been here longer than three months and you're not serving in the church some way, and using the abilities and the gifts that God has given you, then maybe that's why your breakthrough hasn't come yet. It got quiet. I wish I wish somebody would say, "Man, I, I come on." At least my at least my family over here say, "Man, they're like they're they're bailing on me." I start talking about serving in the church. Nobody over here wants to talk to me. I need you so bad in my life. Listen, I love this part because he says, one, you have to get the weapons. But two, put your hand on the weapon. Use the weapon. See what it feels like. See what it does. See, see how it fits in your hand. Read the Bible. You, might, you, you say, I don't know how to read the Bible. Open the book and read. There is nothing bad in there that can help you. You say, I don't know how to pray. Open your mouth and pray. It, it, it might sound ugly. It might not sound smart. You might feel dumb, but God will honor it and God will bless it. You say, I don't know how to fast. Well, figure it out. Just say, God, I'm not going to do something. I'm not going to eat this. I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to eat anything for a minute. And God will bless it. See, 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 God operates oftentimes in the you step, he steps mode. Meaning when you step, he steps with you. If you don't step, he don't step. But when you step, he steps. When you do something, he does something. When you move, he moves. When you pray, he answers. When you ask, he, he promises what you're going to do. When you say, God, I need help, he gives it back to you. When you fast, he blesses it. See, think, listen to what it says. It says, uh, Elisha told him, he said, put your hand on the bow. Use the bow. You're, you're now performing an action with the bow. But then Elisha put his hand on the king's hand. Elisha, representing the Spirit of God, put his hand on the king's hand. Because it might be ugly, it might not make sense, it might, it, it might be weird, you might not know what you're doing. I, nobody said the king knew how to use a bow. Nobody asked him. All it said was put your hand on the bow and then Elisha put his hand on his you might say, I don't sing good enough. I'm not smart enough. Uh, I'm not cute enough. I don't deal with any of those. I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just had to get you laughing with me. I don't, I, I, I don't like people enough. I, I, don't, I can't be here on time enough. But God says, if you will just try, I will put my hand on your life and I will start leading you and guiding you into the place where you need to be. All you have to do is take the first step and God will step with you. I wish everybody would say amen right now. Because whether you like it or not, that's good preaching. So, see, I, I love fighting always requires your action 
first. Every single time. And once your mind is made up, once you take that step, once you move, once you say, you know what, and, and, and it gets bigger than that, man. I know people deal with real stuff. People have real strongholds in their life. People have real addictions in their life. People have real things that they're dealing with and trying to overcome. And, and, and we see a, a lot of times in our lives that, that we, we think, I can't give this up because it's too difficult. I can't, I, can't, I can't stop doing this because it's too hard. But God's just saying, if you'll just put forth the effort, then I can start blessing. I don't know who that was for. That wasn't even in here. But I, I really feel like that. If you're dealing with an addiction, if you're dealing with a stronghold, unforgiveness, anything in your life that's just keeping you from moving forward, all you have to do is take the first step. And then God starts fighting for you. Amen? Come on, say amen. See, there's good news in, 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 in dealing and fighting with God. And it's cliche, but I, I love it. And, and that is, as a people that have been called out by God, that have been chosen by God, that has God as their king. Listen, the word kingdom means the dominion of the king. It literally means that if you're part of the kingdom, that the king has dominion over you. And if he has dominion over you, it is his job to protect you as long as you serve him. <laughs> That's... I was hoping somebody else would say that. Also, that was funny. I, I oh, sorry, I lost a train of thought real quick. I was, I agreed with that. that. Was good. But knowing who our king is benefits our stance because you don't fight for victory; you fight from victory when the king is on your side you're not fighting to win you've already won you're just fighting to say to, to let the enemy know that you won't be beaten down you won't be taken over you won't be a hostile you're not backing down you're not giving up but the king is behind you the king is fighting for you i'm gonna knock that mic stand down apparently See, the enemy comes against you like a mic stand. If it didn't have a mic on, I'd knock it down right now. But when you're fighting for the kingdom, when you're fighting for the king, the king fights for you. And yes, let me be very honest. Things are too hard for you. You are not smart enough. You are not cute enough. You are not talented enough. You, you, you are not worthy enough or righteous enough. But all of a sudden, when the king steps in the picture, when the king steps around you, when he surrounds you, all of a sudden you become righteous enough. You become worthy enough. You become talented enough. And, and, and the battle becomes easy because God is fighting it for you. David said, he, he said, I, I see him in front of me. But he's also behind me. And I see him to my left, but also to my right. <laughs> because we talked about it. The king is everywhere, all the time, anytime, every time. Amen? Come on, I'm almost done. Don't worry. Verse 17, he says, then he commanded, open that eastern window, and he opened it. Then he said, shoot. 
and he shot an arrow. Elisha proclaimed, this is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over a ram, and you will completely conquer your enemy. Now, now this is, this is I, I believe this is the biggest change in mindset that has to happen within the church and the people of the church. Because a lot of time when the enemy comes after us, we feel like we have to run back to God. We feel like the only answer is to, to, to run away into a safe place and then begin to fight. But if you read the scripture, the first thing, the first action after he put the hand on the bow, the first action of war that was declared and, and, and studying through it and understanding is he said, face your enemy and shoot over them. You don't have to hit them right now, but you do have to face them right now. You might not have to fight them right now, but you need to look them in the eye and look and see who they are and make sure they know that you are not scared. As Christians, it's easy to run. It's easy to back down. It's easy to be afraid. But, but we have the king behind us. He's got our back. And he says, you just need to look your problem, your enemy, the addiction, the struggle, the stronghold in the face and say, I'm not scared of you. Come on, this message is only for people that are actually dealing with something. I know we got some perfect people in here that, that could care less. But I'm talking about when your family goes through it, when your finances go through it, when your children go through it, when there's sickness, when, there, when there's a, uh, 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 you don't understand what's going on, you can look the enemy in the face and say, I might not understand how we're going to win, but I do understand that we are going to win. So I'm not backing down. I'm not scared. I'm not moving. I'm staying right here. There's a, there's a, uh, uh, this is one of the things I learned as a, as an early pastor's kid in Sunday school every Sunday, whether I liked it or not. Um, cause they drug me to Sunday school usually cause I didn't really like to go very much, but now I'm thankful because I know stuff like this. <laughs> it's that the armor of God only has armor that faces forward and no armor that faces backwards. Because the goal is to always face forward. And to be honest, if you run from the enemy, you deserve to get shot. All right, on that, I'm going to close on that note. Somebody said it. Somebody said it like this if you're scared, go to church. But I really believe. I, that's that's it's not a it's it was a joke a little bit but i really believe if you run from the enemy you deserve to get shot because you're not fighting in the way that god has called you to fight you're not moving in the way that god has called you to move you're not going in the way that god has called you to go but if you'll face forward if you'll if you'll say i don't care what it is it might look like my lights are about to be turned off but i'm still going to church it might look like i don't have enough time but i'm still serving it might look like my family's falling apart but i'm still going to prayer meeting i'm still going to small group it don't matter i i, I got a new job I, I i got i got other obligations i got all this stuff but i'm not giving up my praying i'm not giving up my fasting i'm not giving up my reading it doesn't matter what it 
looks like. It doesn't matter how scary it is. It doesn't matter if darkness surrounds you. You can look and say, enemy, I'm not backing down. I'm not stopping. I'm not giving up. I'm not moving. You can come to me if you want to, but I'm not running. Come on, I wish you'd stand to your feet right now and just get a little life and just give God the biggest shout of praise you can and say, I am not running. Come on, I need some victorious people in this place right now to say, I'm not running. All right, sit down. I gave you a chance. verse 18 and 19 he says then he said now pick up the other arrows see he he shot an arrow to proclaim that i'm facing my enemy i'm looking at my enemy this one might not have hit you but i'm about to strike you and then elisha says to him now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground and, and so the king picked him up and he struck the ground three times struck the ground three times don't get too soft because we're still having church we're, we're, we're still in this thing but 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 listen it said he struck the ground three times but the man of God got angry with him and he said if you would have just struck the ground five or six times then you would have beaten your enemy until they were totally defeated but now you will only be victorious three times a lot of times man, we come to church and we get so pumped up on Sundays and we love the praise team and we love how exciting it is and, and we say man this is this is incredible I love our pastor I love everything that's going on I, I love the church I love serving and then all of a sudden we leave Sunday and we've only struck the ground once and then we get mad because God only delivers us once. Or we say, you know what, I, I go to church on Wednesdays too, and, and that, that makes me feel pretty good, and we strike the ground two times. And we get mad because God only delivers us, and God, it feels like God only helps us out twice. But it's a lot more than the numbers. See, see uh, uh, if, if you read through it and if you understand the context of this, he wasn't upset that he only hit the ground three times. He was upset that he only hit the ground three times like a little baby. He said, strike the ground, and he just, you know, just... He's looking at the enemy. He understands there's a war. He understands society's going crazy. He understands that laws are being passed and nobody ever thought was being passed. And yet he comes in to the place and, and the prophet says, strike the ground. And he just baby taps it three times. How many of us come in here on, on Sundays or Wednesdays or, or in our prayer closets and, and we only press through until we get just enough? We only, we only press in, we only pray, we only fast, we only read until we get the exact answer that we're looking for. Not understanding that what you do in this moment could affect the rest of your life and could affect destiny for other people. 
I wish I had about 10 people in here that would say, I, I'm going to fast even when there's not answers. And even when I get my answers, I'm going to keep going. And I'm going to read no matter if the enemy comes against me and I feel like I got my answer and I got everything that I needed, I'm still going to read. And if I'm going to pray, the enemy will fight me. The enemy will come against me. But I'm going to keep going no matter what. Because God has called us into a place of destiny. Destiny means something that happens in the future, and yet we're so content with what's happening in the present that we forget that the future is bright. We forget that God has placed us in this moment to affect the future. And he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come down there. It was already broke, don't worry. I need something. I need something. No, I need something to hit with. That Bible probably ain't a good idea. I might get thrown out of the church. That'll work. And 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 the the Elisha strike the ground. He goes. I can see him. He's frustrated. He's saying there's a, there's a battle to fight. There's enemies out there. Why am I hitting the ground with arrows? Shouldn't I be shooting the arrows? Shouldn't you be giving me deliverance? Shouldn't you be giving me the answer right now? And Elisha says, strike the ground. He didn't tell him why. He didn't tell him what was going to happen. He just said, strike the ground. And he, you know those kids, my brothers, And when they don't want to do something and they get frustrated and dad asks them to do something <sighs> happy and I can imagine Elisha because he knew what the answer was he knew what was going but because the king didn't realize what the magnitude of what was happening was he just flippantly said, okay, what now? See, because when God tells you to do something, it might seem like it's for the present, but it probably is for the future. When, when God asks you to move, when God asks you to give, it might not make sense. Now you say, God, how am I supposed to give that much that I won't be able to pay the bills? God, how am I supposed to serve that much? I won't have any more time. God, how am I supposed to give that much of myself? How am I supposed to give that much of myself? God, how am I supposed to serve when I can't even find hours for anything else? God, how? It doesn't make sense what you're asking. God, you're just asking for this moment. You need $100 because... We're building a coffee shop. So you know what, God? Here's what you want. Here's what you need. If you want it, you can have it. If you want my time, I'll serve. I ain't going to like it. I'll be mean to everybody that I can be, but if you want me to serve God, I'll serve. And we just flippantly just say, God, you gave me the talents, you gave me the abilities, you gave me the finances, you gave me everything I have, and here's how I'm going to return it to you. And we just flippantly, flippantly, flippantly just give it back. We go to church just enough. We give just enough. We serve just enough. And then we wonder why we're not defeating the enemies and, we're, and God's not moving like we want to see him move. 
See, but there's a generation. There's a generation of people, of Christians, of believers that say, I don't just live in the moment right now, but I understand the future is where God's taking us. So I will not back down. I will not stop. God, if you want it, you can have it. God, if you need it, you can have it. God, if it's yours, you can have it. God, I will. I, it's for my family. You can have it. You can't take it back. You can have I, I need, I, I don't know who it is. It's going to be great. Shut that off. Shut that off. Because this, is, this isn't about a show. This isn't about anything. But there's some people in here that need a breakthrough. And you've just been flipping arrows on stage. Hoping that it's good enough. You've been showing up late, leaving early. Barely giving. Barely sowing your time. Barely sowing your energy. You don't pray. You don't read. You don't fast. But you're looking for answers. And God's saying, if you, with authority will give it to me in this moment not only will right now be affected listen if he would have just struck the ground five or six times with authority and with passion then he would have eaten the enemy forever he would have not had to dealt with them anymore he wouldn't have had to gone through it anymore but all of a sudden he said three times is good enough and he defeated them three times and he was right back into it we'll stand up here and we'll pray at the altar for five minutes and hope that god gives us an answer for forever but there's some people in here this morning, I truly believe this, that need that breakthrough, that need their children to come back, that need their family to come back together, that need their, their, their personal lives to, to, to come around, that needs their career to take a, a, a step to the next level, that, that, that needs their school or their college or, or whatever it is, their marriage, their finances. There's somebody in here. It might only be one person, and this message might be for one person, but I have good news for you today. If you will give God everything you have, he'll give you everything he has in return. So, so, so not, 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 man, not traditional Christian, not boring. I mean, crazy. It might look weird. It might sound weird. It might feel weird. But God is saying, if you will just surrender everything you have to me right now, everything, Not only will your present be changed, but your future will be changed. I'm talking about your family. And if that's you, when you come up here and you say, God, it's my family, don't you dare come up here and say, God, touch my family. Please, God, touch them. You say, God, right now, I am claiming the blood over my family. I'm giving you everything that I have. I'm giving them to you. I'm surrendering them to you through me, God. Every, whatever I can do to make it happen, I'm giving it to you. Whatever the destiny looks like, I'm giving it to you. God, whatever the actions take, I'm giving it to you. But right now, in this very moment, I'm giving it. If it's your finances, don't come up and say, God, I need $20. No, say, God, I need you to bless my finances so that I can bless other people. God, I need you to bless my finances so I I don't have to worry so that I can sow into your kingdom. God bless me right now. If, if that's you, stand up with me real quick. Just, just stand up. It won't be everybody. That's okay. Don't stand up if you don't need a breakthrough. Don't stand up if you haven't been going through stuff. That's okay. Okay. 
come on. If that's you and you say, I am tired of fighting the same battle. I'm tired of dealing with the same devil. I'm tired of going through the same things. Stand up with me right now. I'm tired. I'm tired of dealing with that addiction. I'm tired of dealing with that stronghold. I'm tired of having to, having to fight the same battles. I'm tired of always worrying, of constantly struggling. I'm tired. I have excellent, excellent, excellent news for you this morning. Your breakthrough is here. And I don't mean a breakthrough for just today. I don't mean a breakthrough for just this week. I don't mean a breakthrough for just this month or just the rest of this year. I mean a breakthrough for the rest of your life. And I promise you, it is here right now. It is your choice, your decision, and it is up to you if you receive that. Thanks again for joining us this week. For more information about Grace Point Church, or if you would like to contact us, please visit www.pascochurch.com.